Welcome to the realm of magic and mystery, classic horror and sci-fi. You are now entering the House of the Unusual podcast with your hosts, Eddie and Joe. Welcome all you cool ghouls and friendly fiends to the House of the Unusual podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pavlansky, and with me, as always, are my good buddies, Eddie, Chuck, and Sherry. What's up, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. Guys, unfortunately, I am out on a Bigfoot hunting expedition, so I cannot stay for the uh, the rest of the podcast because, you know, I got to go get me some, uh, some Bigfoots out there, and hopefully I'll bring one back. But uh, you know what? I'm going to turn this podcast over to uh, to you guys, Eddie, uh, Chuck, and Sherry. And guys, stay tuned because there might be a special guest joining us in this episode. But hey, you got to stay tuned. All right, guys, peace out, and I'll keep you informed next week on what happened during my uh, my Bigfoot uh, expedition hunting expedition. expedition. Exactly. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> All right, guys, have a good one, and I'll talk to you later. All right, Joe. Well, hello guys. Uh, how's everybody? Uh, how hey, are you? How's it going? Yeah. All right. Hello. We have a special guest star, Michael. Hey, Mike. What's up, buddy? All oh, right. you know, on the road today and having a great time. Of course, it's holiday season starting up. Well, holidays for several months now starting up. So, really happy to be with you guys today and happy holidays to you guys. Oh, uh, thank you. You too. Yeah, glad to have you here, Mike. Thanks. Hey, quick question, Mike. You in the holiday? You doing a lot of shows now towards Christmas, or I am. I'm not doing. You know, I don't do as many as I. A lot of corporate and companies have cut back uh, ever since before COVID. You know, they started cutting back, and so it's not as much. Uh, not as much corporate. You know, I used to do a lot. Uh, I used to do things. Um, you know, big ones, uh, even in Hong Kong. But um, it started to cut back a little bit. But I'm doing a lot. I'm doing it for the military, which I always love to do because I love, love to work for the military. And, you know, without without our military, none of us can be free to do what we enjoy in life. That's right. That's right. I agree. Yeah. So I'm working for the Marines and um, do it, make, bringing some happiness to them and um, then just doing some other, uh, you know, private events and things like that. But, yeah, keeping busy um, and excited about the new year coming up because my book will be coming out March 7th. So looking forward to that and nice. just getting getting ready for a great year and great to be with you guys today. Wow. That sounds right. Uh, listen, I, I wanted to ask, you know, you know, uh, I don't know if you visited any because I know you traveled the country, but uh, Chuck and Sherry. Uh, Chuck, you know how you guys visited that house with all the hidden rooms and stuff? Yeah, that, that was cool. Tell him, uh, what was the name of the house again? Yeah, Michael, it was called uh, Bayernhof, B-A-Y-E-R-N-H-O-F, Bayernhof mm-hmm. uh, Museum. It's in it's just outside of Pittsburgh uh, in O'Hara Township. And this was built by, he was an eccentric millionaire. And uh, this place is unbelievable. He collected, uh, you know, turn of the century wind up uh, musical devices uh you know like the kaleidoscopes there was there was wow. of, uh, violins that actually played themselves it's really cool if you go online and check it out you can you can see some stuff on there too but yeah we had a tour there we went i guess about a what a week and a half ago maybe about two to go my sister's birthday i was just birthday okay yeah so we stopped in there it was really neat it was it was about a 215 minute type of a tour and there was like 20 different rooms in there very very decadent i mean this guy man everything was top of the line his uh, billiard room like i like i told last week on the uh the pool table came from what was the name of that movie with uh, jackie gleason oh, the, hustler? Uh, the hustler yeah he got the original pool oh, table wow. in there 
Yeah, it's really, really cool. There's a brief video that Sherry did put on YouTube about six minutes long. She uh, spliced together like a few little short videos. So if you have a chance, check it out. The uh, Kaleidoscope is uh, playing in there. But it's really, really neat. If you get to Pittsburgh, definitely give them a call and, and go on a tour. They, they only take about maybe 12, 14 people per tour. It's not very wow. big. I can see where it would, I would see where it would be something you'd really be interested in because of the type of magic you create. Yeah, yeah uh, you know what? I was like, wow, like front and center watching the gears and the, all the all the all the uh, real. It's, it's yeah, you know, yeah. It was it was uh, really amazing. Speaking of gears and everything, there's one thing I'm working on right now. I'm building a tabletop laughing cell. Uh, you know the uh, the automaton that you know that's across the country and all of the amusement park me when i was a kid and i kind of sculpted the face uh you know it looks it looks pretty decent so far and wow yeah so this is about maybe 14 inches tall and she'll be in a glass enclosure and then when i uh, push the button and walk away she'll she'll bend over back and forth like she's laughing and i got the original laugh track on there uh which is which is from the 20s i believe so <laughs> Do you sculpt these things yourself? You're sculpting it yourself? Yeah, I get a lump of uh, paper clay is basically what it is, Michael. And I got basic tools. I don't really have anything fancy. And I just go by what I'm viewing online. And I just sculpt it and so forth. And then I put it in the oven for a little bit. And it kind of dries it up. You leave it overnight. Sure. And, and so once that happens, then you can sand it how you want it. You can, you know, get out the imperfections and so forth. And then you can... Um, painted you know and everything you know but yeah so that's exactly what, what i did with the antonio diavolo uh trapeze artist guy too i actually uh sculpted his head you know. now how long does that process take chuck uh the head yeah you know what i'm, I'm not that good at stuff like that but i'll be uh, but i'm kind of persistent you know like i'll keep playing with it yeah i guess about a day and a half just for the head well that's quick yeah, but uh, then the mechanics, you know, the body, I kind of build the framework, and then I work from there, and I'm thinking of a few different ways how to make her lean forward and come back. So I cam gear motor in there that kind of like has the cam. And uh, so, yeah. Now, what, is, it, what is the armature of the body built out of? The body is just a framework. I get uh, I get heavy strips of wood, and I and ah. more or less use screws and put it together, you know, and there's a hinge part where she's going to bend at her waist and bend forward and come back you know yeah like, uh, you know very slowly and so i'm looking at different types of material my wife and i bought different types of material today at a fabric store and everything so i'm going to use you know like different types of things for her dress and for her outfit yes. you know you know it's <laughs> there's something about her michael that just terrified me when i was a kid oh, yeah you know we have an amusement park out here in pittsburgh uh that we grew up with everybody out here it's called kennywood park and yes. uh so, uh, so I can remember my parents, they, they were holding me when I was a child and they happened to face, face laughing cell. And, and I've seen her laughing and her, she's bending over and I started crying and uh, yeah. I don't know, that, <laughs> that thing just horrified me, you know, and, uh, you, know. you know, something interesting now that you guys mentioned that I don't ever remember seeing that Chuck. Oh, okay. That's I know there's a few down in California too, Michael. Oh, there's yeah. one in San Francisco uh, at the big amusement park. There. There's a few other ones. And I think oh. they also used it in the in a several movies, two horror movies as well. Yeah, yeah, freaky man, freaky looking face. I mean, it's just and she got that gap in her teeth. Uh, so I had to sculpt that out of clay. Also, I kind of made a gap, like a separation, you know. And everything. Now, how tall? How tall is she? Uh, the one I'm building is roughly 14 inches tall. So it's 14 a table, inches. Yeah, it's a tabletop thing. You how big is I mean? the real one? 
Uh, the real one's life size, right? Or maybe yeah. mm-hmm. slightly bigger, like six foot, I guess. Yeah, it is bigger, I think, than life size. Yeah. Oh, you are you talking about that laughing lady? Yeah. That we put. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. You you got a smaller. Yeah, yeah. The laughing lady. Remember that I I think it shows up in one of my Coney Island. It's videos. at the beginning of your Coney Island uh, video. That's yeah. yeah. I guess I did see her. <laughs> yeah, she's uh, very, she's very stocky, like a stocky woman. She has like reddish kind of light brown, like uh, almost like a medium brown hair, I guess. And yeah, wide. it goes way way back. I mean, I remember when I was a child seeing it at an L.A. County Fair. Yeah, and that and that voice on it, man, laughing. It's, it's, oh it's yeah, like, it's like terrifying. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah, it goes right goes right through you. That's amazing what you're doing there. Now, when you okay, so when you get it done, is it just for your pleasure, or do you do you plan on displaying it somewhere, or what are you going to do with it? I don't know. You know, that's the same thing Sherry asked me. She says, "Why on earth are you?" <laughs> yeah, tell them what you said. She said. Yeah, what are you building it for? Are you going to sell it? <laughs> <laughs> that's all she wants me to do is just sell everything. You know, but I mean, I mean, is it going to be a marital lane? What is the point? You know, I, I don't know. <laughs> Mike, I think he wanted to see if he could build it. That's that's where he goes. He's so you're. you're- he wants to see if he's able to do something and he gets his mind to do it and he does it. So you're not going to have it in the bedroom or anything. It's going to, nah, it'll, def- oh, no. <laughs> it'll definitely be in the, uh, you know, you know, one of the side rooms. You know what? Speaking of that years ago, I guess shortly after we were married, I, I uh, bought a Halloween toy. It was on a line. Oh my gosh. That's and, freaky. and whenever, you know, like it worked on the ambient light, Yes. Uh, Sherry would go down there to wash laundry or something. This thing would roll. It flying across the room. It would fly across oh, the room. Yeah, wow. Get that thing out of here. <laughs> I come back from a show. I remember she goes, you have to take that thing down because it came right off on me oh, when I was washing, washing clothes. <laughs> well, I, I understand that because, you know, I have a sands parlor in my house and, and my wife so I was like, do you have to have another mummy? Do you have to have another skull? And it's like. Yeah. I know, right? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. but it. Right? It's amazing how many people they'll get attracted with the skull stuff because Joe's, uh, Joe, um, I mean, Mike, Chuck put a, a Chuck's Corner about a week ago for skulls and over two days, there's almost 200 views already. Wow. wow. It's it's like people, for some reason, <laughs> he had to just, he had all the different skulls that did magic. If you go to YouTube, you can see the video. Yeah, and, I'll and, see that. Did you see the, uh, the, the, um, the Avello? What yes. Is Antonio? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's amazing. That is a that's an amazing piece of work right there. Thank you. Yeah, I was I was kind of surprised that I was even able to build it to be honest with you because I I was thinking I don't know. Yeah, I was I was thinking of ways that he can hold on to the trapeze and yet raise his body and do a yeah. front flip and stand up and then raise his legs. You know, I have uh, I don't know maybe seven different motors in there. And, uh, oh yeah, that's an amazing piece. And it's very—they're very small gearhead motors, you know, and so forth. And um, and I figured out a way, M- Michael, how to make them vanish at the end. If you noticed, I there was a flash mm-hmm. of fire, and then I put yeah. a big scarf, you know. So that's kind of original. But it was a lot. It was a lot of fun. But I think Sherry has a point. I was just curious to see if I can do it. You know. Well, you know, and the thing is, I think a lot of people that are listening don't realize that in the day, back in the day, that was an act in itself, and it was that you an act were sure you would tour and and people would come, you know, in England and they would they would come in just to see that act, and it was just so unbelievable. It was because- unbelievable. They could not believe what they were seeing. For anybody who doesn't know what we're talking about, yes, yeah, search Robert Houdin. That uh, that's H O U D I N. He was known as the father of. And uh, the great Harry Houdini was so amazed by him that he took his name, his last name, and he put an I on the end. So yes, uh, so Houdin became Houdini because uh, 
because uh, his last name uh, was Eric Weiss, Harry Houdini's. But yeah, so you know, if you folks do check this out, yeah, he he was this guy Robert Houdin was watchwork. Everything was watchwork. He was a master uh, a clockmaker, and uh, but it was about in the eighteen sixties era, somewhere around those. Yeah, moments. at that time, people have to understand that that was the cutting edge technology cutting that, edge. that the general public had no knowledge of what you could do with that technology. Absolutely. And, and even now, when you watch it, it's still unbelievable because. When you consider that the archaicness now of what you're doing with that, in a sense, you know, and the old school stuff, and that it's still so amazing to watch because, it really is. you know, people would think it's electronics, but it's not. And I know you do a lot of electronics. You're very good at that, too. But people would never guess that, oh, wow, this is done with, with you know, clockworks and the way it's done with gears. And It's amazing. It really, you know, he was so far ahead of his time. Oh, my goodness. And uh, yeah, he was he was something else. Kristen Fechner put out a two volume book. I know Eddie has a a, a, a set uh, which I bought one about twenty years ago too. It's it's just amazing. Uh, Kristen Fechner was a French um, uh, collector slash magician, and uh, there's a two volume set about Robert Houdin. And one is his uh, it's it's just of his inventions, and the other book is his life story, which is uh, pretty amazing. He died. He was sixty nine years old. And he he died of pneumonia, I believe, you know, because like back in those days, there was no antibiotics. That's they, right. Uh, they use camphor uh, as a treatment, which is yes. almost like Vicks vapor rub compared to what we have today. I mean, it's really like nothing, you know what I mean? It's unfortunate. Right. Back right. in those days, there was nothing that you really can do if that advanced too far, you know. But, you know, the thing about those automatons, Chuck is and Eddie and everybody is that, you know, they're really creepy, too. I mean, oh. they they have such a creep factor to them. And that's why we, you know, those and ventriloquist dummies, they all have, <laughs> it's a creepy thing. And so when you watch them now, they, in retrospect, and looking back and now that they're not in the modern mode, they have this creepy value. Oh, to they them. Do. Some of those dolls, how about those old dolls with the moving eyes and mouths and everything? Even the ones that Thomas Edison made with the little, uh, you know, you know, with the little uh, scrolls in it. I mean, there's, there's, there's still a few that survived. And I think there's a couple ones on uh, on the YouTube videos. If you search search his dolls, these they're downright creepy. And 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 the voices that they omit, it's like a high squeaky. Oh yeah! Kind of, wow, it's really weird. And you know the thing. Well, we talk about Thomas Edison. I go on and on about him. He's kind of an evil guy in reality. People yeah. don't realize. I mean, um, you know, but but so there's a lot of you have to think the mentality of someone creating something like that and what's put into it, you know, in a creative way. And that's probably why there's a lot of creepiness to it. And then of course, with Robert Houdin, he was a magician. So he had sort of that mystique factor, which led yeah. to the creep, creepy factor as well. Of course, in those days, they didn't look at, at, you know, the Antonio thing or any of that as creepy because it was timely, but now looking mm -hmm. back, they're very creepy. Yeah. And that that is true. You know, when you say Thomas Edison, one of the things that I find really funny is a lot of people somehow confuse Alexander Hamilton and Thomas Edison. You know, like in the same kind of um, uh. <laughs> time zone, but it's it's way different. And the but, thing is, the, the Tesla, who was in his Tesla, way an amazing quote magician of the that he came up with all these amazing things sending electric through the air with no wiring and all these things and you know tesla didn't want 
um, you know, the uh, alternating current to be popular because they wanted to market the direct current, which we use in our car engines for our batteries and all of that. And so he did things like electrocute an elephant and kill him to show so the dangers of alternating right. current. And he, he was actually the first because of Edison was the first person ever electrocuted in an electric chair to show how alternating current could kill. Right. Because right. they wanted discourage people from using that alternating current and in the end of course what do we use alternating current for everything but sadly tesla never saw the benefits of that he died poor and and fairly young really and not very healthy and that's sad because his he was a brilliant genius oh my goodness you better believe it he was he was amazing i mean you know i mean he invented a lot of things even radio control you know what and i the Morse code. It's just that it, it, was, it was in the same time as Marconi, and they gave the credit to Marconi. But from what I'm reading, I think Tesla actually invented it. Yeah, he did. Actually, Tesla got the uh, well for the radio for the invention of radio as well. Right. Um, you know, he got the uh, patent or the after he passed away recently, a couple of years at the end of the 80s, they actually awarded him that thing that he was the inventor of radio, not Marconi. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But you know what it is when. I, I don't know. I guess it's because of the way they did with earlier things. When you say the squeaking sound for the voice and stuff, Mike. And yeah. One thing that I'm going to say is that even if you guys remember this, that particular is two toys that were put out by Marx in the 1940s and 50s. Yes. In 1950s, the squeaking um, Yeti, which mm. was like a, you know the Yeti, and one of the reasons that it was not very popular among kids is because it made a screeching sound that really got to them. Mm-hmm. And the same thing with the Hooten Hollow Haunted Tree. Oh, yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Those two, are. they had, the, for some reason, I guess, the screeching sound was the best thing they could do mm-hmm. up to the 50s. And yeah. I think that's what caused a lot of, uh, but yeah, it's true what you're saying. There's a creepy thing to those uh, automatons and stuff of the era that people today, they just go crazy over when they get one, you know? Oh, absolutely. And, uh, you know, the thing is, sadly, unless people like Chuck are willing to spend the time to make create these, we, you know, they're not seen like they once were. I remember in the day, you may remember Chuck, too, because you're about my age or you're younger than me. But but, um, you know, at Disneyland, they used to have automatons and things like that. Now they still do. In reality, if you look at Pirates of the Caribbean on a very big level, but but um, but they had the small automatons in their little five cent. You know, they used to have a little area where they had all the old games and all that stuff. Absolutely. And uh, but we don't see that anywhere. So when they do pop up, man, they really make an impact because people just freak out. They just they don't know what it is, you know. Yeah, right. All the Chuck E. Cheese's throughout the country had all the uh, basic robotics and mm-hmm, you know, all the mm-hmm. singing crew. And, you know, people right now, you don't even see that that much in Chuck E. Cheese anymore. But, you know, one of the things when you're saying, especially with people like uh, Tesla, Tesla's inventions must have been pretty interesting when the government in the 1940s seized a bunch of his boxes. Isn't that the truth? I mean, the 1940s, wasn't the 1940s or the 1930s? I can't recall, but I do know they destroyed his lab in Colorado and Colorado Springs because they didn't want anyone. Well, for one reason, they didn't want people to have free energy. And look, if you're trans, if you're transferring energy through the air without wiring, then everybody has access. Right. Right. Exactly. So they didn't want that to happen. So through wiring, make you pay for it. And so they destroyed all of his lab in Colorado and he had some amazing. You know, you probably saw the Prestige, Chuck, and maybe oh. you did. 
Loved it. It was a great movie. Yeah, that was a good movie. <laughs> yeah, and I love that movie because it's always a couple steps ahead, but it's not exactly historically accurate. It gives the a feeling of what it was like for Tesla and what it, what that was like in that time. And of course, who doesn't like Hugh Jackman? And of course, Batman, Kristen Bale, and of course, uh, Michael Caine. Great cast and amazing movie. So if those folks out there that are listening, if they have not watched um, The Prestige, I recommend you go watch that because it'll give yeah. you a little insight into that era, the era of the automaton even too, and also the era of Tesla. Yeah, absolutely. That was, you know, that was an excellent movie. And that came out around the same time as the other movie, with uh the illusionist uh, the yeah. illusionist yeah you know, with uh edward norton i believe it was like almost back to back yeah, yeah. They, did. they did i uh you know one of the especially with christian bale and stuff that i mean i love that prestige the prestige was a heck of a movie and it's true it does give you put you back in the time in the time yeah. zone and everything uh, but but you know one of the things that and also that's very important is when you see people like that, and when the government goes in, they pull out their stuff, it creates all the theories and all the conspiracy theories out there. Yeah. And it, it makes for for a history of creation of different things, basically, because anytime you have, especially back then, you have an individual like Tesla, an individual like Einstein, there's always that thing, that, that obscured secret part of them that people want to sell. And when I mean sales, they'll come out with the secrets of Tesla's or the mm-hmm. Tesla invented the flying saucer. You know, I have over, no kidding, over 32 books on Tesla. Oh, I, wow. I, yeah, I actually have a gold book that has all his patents. I paid, I think it was $125 for this book Ooh. way back in the day. Nice. It's still in its original seal, but it's got like a gold foil around it. Oh, yeah. It's really cool. You know what's weird? All that, all those guys you mentioned were around the same time era, you know, the 30s, the 40s. And our friend that we seen down in uh, uh, Florida a few years ago, Sherry, Edward Leedscan, and the, the guy who b- built Coral Castle. Yeah. I mean, that was in the same time frame, too. And nobody really knows how he did it, right, Sherry? That's right. Well, I mean, because, that, that you was know, an the, amazing. Wow. In those days, you know, imagination combined with an intellect and intelligence was at a high. Um, yeah. You know, nowadays, because people are, you know, have these phones in their hands and all they do is <laughs> they, they've lost their creativity factor. And they you lost have to, their creativity. You're right. You know, to, yeah. to, make that, to make that jump, it's like a leap of faith. You have to have that, that, make that jump to make these great. And that's why a lot of the Absolutely. great inventions, a lot of the creative stuff is coming out of a still because over there they're not as infatuated phone and less lack of creativity they still have some of that old world uh creativity going on and i i really worry about and i'm sure you do eddie and and chuck everybody about the future of our country because the kids the the minute kids are born they put a pad in their hand and they put a phone in their hand and they're not you know when i was a kid like you did like you did eddie i made robots out of cardboard boxes and tin foil and we had that we have that creative input. And by doing that, when you have that, you can make that leap of faith or that extra ingredient that jumps from what you can just think about and what you can actually create. Unfortunately, you're right about that because, I mean, a lot of times you can tell because you'll see a kid great on the cell phone. He's great with computers. And then all of a sudden you ask him a simple question. Who's the president of the country? He's like, uh, the president? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, oh, and yeah. you can see a lot of people like that today. People know they- how to 
using computer, but they don't know how to build a computer or create. They don't even know how to read and write, which is bizarre. Yeah, that's sad. They're even taking in cursive uh, uh, out of the schools. I mean, I this, I don't. Hey, what one of the things? But but the reason for that, Chuck, is to give us all a chance to have a secret language so kids don't understand what we're saying. (laughs) Exactly. There you go. (laughs) And the other thing, and the other thing you got to remember too is. The purpose of all that, and people don't forget this, where I think what Steve Jobs said that the only things his kids didn't have was an iPad. (laughs) You know, he invented the iPad, right? Right. It takes away creativity, like you say. It takes away a lot. And and it's true what you said, uh, especially when I was young. You know what I would do that was great? Let's say I wanted to buy the the original Gunfighter OK Corral, famous game back in the early 70s where you had the rectangle. You know what I'm talking about, guys? Yes. Oh, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. That that game was one of my favorite, and I wanted it, so I couldn't. My mom wouldn't get it for me right away, right? So, even though it was funny, it was only seven dollars and forty nine cents, but you know, she didn't get it for me, and she did get it finally. But until she got it, I would get newspaper, and with tape, I would actually build the game, and I was able to build. I mean, I used a rubber band where I would shoot little uh, meshed up like balls of paper, but uh, the the whole thing is that I had that idea to do. I will build a Lost in Space robot out of newspaper. I will make a lot of different kits. And, and today, I you know, I look back and I'm like, okay, I did that. Kids don't do that today. No. Not- well, it's like when I was a kid. I made the whole uh, Enterprise bridge out of, you know, construction paper and colored construction paper and crayons and everything. And my whole desk in my bedroom was the Enterprise bridge, but I made it myself with tape and cardboard. And- That's cool. Yeah. That's phenomenal. You know, one of the things that actually helps inspire, and I'm glad it is around, just like eBay is around, Etsy. And the reason I like Etsy is because it's inspiring a lot of people. Yeah, that is kind of neat because things on there are all handmade. That's yeah, amazing. very creative. It's phenomenal. It was started by a guy and then for somehow it was populated by women. And it's like 80% women on that site. But I got to tell you, though, they, there's phenomenal stuff there. That's where I had the guy who made the pirate flags. Yeah, and, you know that, and you should see some of the stuff they're making at it, especially with Universal Monsters. I don't know if you've been on that side lately, Mike or Chuck or Sherry, uh-uh. but there's so much phenomenal stuff they're making with the Universal Monsters. Uh, they'll make like wooden etched on wooden um, posters, or I mean not posters like frames. They do uh, little pins like the ones you used to wear back in the day with all the Universal Monsters. Um, you know, that's true. And, that you know, that brings me to a thought that I've been wanting to ask you guys. Um, did any of you guys go to after Halloween sales? No, I didn't have a chance. I don't know what happened. We were so busy running around. I didn't have a chance. No. Neither I, did I. Amazing. I was so excited. I, I found a Glenn Strange House of Frankenstein mask. And mm. I'm telling you, it blows my mind how they can make this mask look exactly like Glenn wow. Strange. I mean, the, in, I don't know who sculpts it. I don't know how they do it with computer or laser or what they do. Of course, he's long passed away. But this is a work of art. This is like something you would see in a wax museum. And you say, wow, I wish I could own that. I mean, and you put it on, you're Glenn Strange. I mean, it's, wow. it, it's an amazing piece. And I, I just, I found it in after Halloween stuff. Because I always do after Halloween sales looking for things I can use for props for magic, a lot of stuff. And I was just blown away by the quality of this mask. And, you know, we all remember back to Don Post and all the old masks. But, man, they are just at a new level today that just blows. Oh, yeah. You know what, Michael? We we went a few months ago. As a matter of fact, Joe Pavlansky went there as well. We went to – it was called Monster Bash 
up here in Bury, Pennsylvania, which is about an hour north of Pittsburgh. And so we did notice in the uh, Diller room, there was uh, quite a few items that were uh, 3D printed, Sherry, right? There was yeah. different. So, so that seems to be the new trend, which is a big help. I mean, I mean, you just basically put the specs in and you download it, you send it to the, you know, you know, to the printer and it'll just make whatever you need. You know, when you're saying oh, 3D printing, I, I'm in my my job and this girl walks out and she's got a three foot wide. And this is about three. I don't let me not exaggerate about 24 inches better round thing of New York City. The entire New York City. Wow. 3D printed. She said it took three and a half weeks for the school where she is to print it. The sad part is I asked her about two or three weeks ago, what'd you do with it? She said, I threw it out. I go, oh, what? no. What? And oh, I was going to ask her, can I have that? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, That's my terrible. God. It is terrible because that would have been phenomenal to like really do a display with that. But what I was going to say when you say Mike, and this is my, I mean, there's a guy, uh, he has a company, and a couple of years ago, I talked with him. And I asked him, hey, can you do a mask for something? And no kidding aside. He goes, let me see what I can do. He goes to his basement. I talked to him around, I think, 3 p.m. in the afternoon. The next morning, he faxes me, not faxes me, he sends me a, fi- a picture of the completed item. He did a mask. It's Louise. That's amazing. So what I'm saying is I don't think they really use laser things for masks. It's, I guess, some people just, the guy I'm talking about, I, I forgot the name of his company. Uh, but he did, um, he redid the, the haunting, the guy from the haunting, the ghoul. And he made masks for it. And he made like a very expensive thick mask for a hundred and some dollars. Then he made the top stone lookalikes that you would buy in Woolworth. Uh, he sold those for like 10. Mm-hmm. And, and the funny thing is, like I said, he did them in one single night. Um, the thing that I kind of disliked about the thing, and that's really when I'm mentioning the name of the company or anything, is the fact that. I expected to do business and I couldn't ex- believe that he actually put it for sale before uh, I put it into the wow. product that I wanted to do. Well, you know, it's like what they're doing with the action figures now. But the thing is, what's the price point compared to what you're getting? Yes, the action figures are really exactly like the characters now. They look exactly like the, yeah. the everything. But, you know, when we were kids, we got the, the action figures. We didn't care if they looked exactly like them. You got them for a couple of bucks. You could play with them, break them up, whatever. I didn't break mine. Mine were always kept pristine. But the thing is that <laughs> is it worth paying 20 bucks for an action figure, even though it looks exactly like the character now? Is that really defeating the purpose of what a toy is and what, what we want from a toy? It's interesting. It's interesting. You know, when you're saying that NECA is a, is a famous company now, in fact, they Every year they sell a lot of good stuff. They've reproduced everything from Universal Monsters, and usually you get it on Target or online. It's NECA, N-E-C-A, the company. And if you look at those little things, especially the Ultimate Frankenstein, they did the facial features are amazing. Mm-hmm. But you know, you know what? I walked into one of the malls about a couple of months ago, I think prior to last December, and there was this thing you would stand inside, and they make a, a, an action figure of you. It was like a hundred dollars. Wow, that would be cool. <laughs> My son-in-law got one given to him as a gift, and it looks just like him. It's about wow. that's neat. Did yeah, you get one done, Eddie. No, I didn't. I wasn't going to spend one hundred seventy-five dollars for an action figure. How tall? How tall is it, Eddie? Is is it life size? No, 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 no. It, the oh. action figure is about maybe twelve, you know, like eight or ten inches. Oh, it's just tall. a little action. I see. Okay. That's but I'm cool. saying they make you into an action figure, like they can make it, and it's an exact copy of you. 
and they also make bobblehead dolls where they look just like you. I never, I never heard of that. Wow. Oh no, no, yeah, the, it's um, you can actually order it online. You can actually go to Netsy. Even if, if you Google right now, I uh, want to make an action figure myself. You'll get companies that are just doing it. Isn't you know that? Wow. Yeah, that's that's a no, that's a novel idea. You know what? About 35, 40 years ago, when Cabbage Patch dolls were popular, there was a company where you could send a photograph in, and they would make a doll. It would, you know, that you can't. I mean, I mean, you know, how accurate can you make a little, you know, like a, you know, almost like a pin cushion doll, but it would resemble you if you had dark curly hair. Or it would, yeah. Like, yeah. If you look like Bob Ross, like me, if you have a beard and curly hair, they would put that you know, on the doll. You know, it's funny when you say Bob Ross, because I saw him again yesterday, <laughs> a smaller version of a bobblehead. And I say, oh, my God, Chuck in a box. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to get it. I'll probably get it this week. Oh, that's funny, huh? It is funny. But, um, you know, uh, Eddie, when you mentioned the Mecca or whatever, it reminded me of Migos. Are you guys into Migos at all? I do remember that. Yeah, Migo, of course. Yep. What, what's so cool is they've done the monsters, but now they, they've actually are recreating the original superheroes from the 1974-75 times, which I have the originals, which are worth quite a bit but they're in the actual old cardboard box with the cellophane uh -huh. on wow and it looks just like the originals now so it's like almost if you have the original is it worth anything anymore because now they've got ones that are exact recreations and they're coming out they're in the stores right now in walmart they've they were in target now they moved into walmart but um they have superman they have uh i think it's batman and then maybe uh robin or whatever but they look great i mean they, uh, they, the price doesn't though <laughs> they're like no no the price the price does not look great. You're right. You're right. You know, Migo made something. I don't know if you remember this one, uh, uh, Mike, since you mentioned them. Did you ever have the little box? It was like a little monster house. It was made of uh, just like when you put the Legos in, you know, those boxes with that plastic where you collect Legos. Not Legos. Oh, my gosh. What do you call it? Hot Wheels. Mm -hmm. You know oh, what I'm talking about? The, mm -hmm. the plastic cases that you they make for Oh, them. definitely. Sure, yeah. sure. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay, do you remember when they made the Mego action? I think it was Mego who made them. They had the monsters, and they were like little miniature monsters, about four inches each. Okay, well, that wouldn't be Migos. That would be something else, but yeah. Uh, it wouldn't be Mego. Oh, my God. I thought it was Mego who made that. I don't think. Boy, that was, man, that's a word I haven't heard. I haven't heard that word in so many years. Mego, it's not even funny. Oh, wow. Yeah, well, I, know, I saw that. And the thing about the. I don't know if you know about Chuck, but the way the company was named is the guy who owned it named the company because his son always says Migo, Migo. So he named the company Migo because his son that always said neat. Yeah, that's neat. Wow. You you got me thinking. I don't know if you uh, you don't have access. Of course, no one will have access to a computer right now. But that company I'm talking about, I could have sworn now it wasn't Migo. Now that you mentioned it. It sounded familiar, but I forgot. The, I know they made like a little case for monsters. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, but I can't well, remember what it was. I had that case, and they gave me almost two hundred dollars for that little case. It was so bizarre. Um, I also had the monsters for the case, but the monsters I didn't find them, so I didn't sell them together. I still got the monsters minus the case. <laughs> you know, I'll tell you another cool thing that's come out for Christmas, which I'm amazed at. There's a company in England that's actually doing corgi vehicles again. Um, oh, yeah, I, I do. Either of you guys, or did you ever collect corgis? I, I have a couple. Them. No, but but I but I do know what they are. Wow. Yeah, I've got the original. I've got a whole case of them. Uh, probably wow. about fifty of them. 
uh, the Batmobile, the Avengers car, not the Avengers Marvel heroes, the Avengers that were on British television with Diana Rigg and all them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have the Man from Uncle car and I have a lot of stuff. And they're actually recreating my favorite one, which is the one that was the Goldfinger Aston Martin that was in. Ooh. And it's, what they're doing is, again, like with Migos, they're making the exact package box came with exactly replicated. And it's like $57, but boy, it's a beautiful. Beautiful. I bought it. I bought it for my son for Christmas, and he's going to be thrilled with it because he's a James Bond guy. But um, you know, my for instance, my original of it, even out of box, is worth about five, six hundred dollars. But the ones in box are like five thousand dollars. So that oh, they, yeah. Oh, my <laughs> yeah, and so they have a they have about sixty of the cars recreated. The most famous being the James Bond right now. They're not doing the Batmobile yet or any of the ones that you guys might really really like. But but it's amazing. Um, that they've done this. I have Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which is one of the most valuable ones. But Ooh, that, that, that was cool. Yeah, yeah but but I'm telling you, for Christmas, if you want something really cool, it's it's. I'm, I see the ad on Facebook, but I'm sure you can find other places. But it's the I don't know if it's the original Corgi Company, but they all the patterns, all the patents, because they're doing it exact. It's not like different in any way. It's exactly like the originals. Wow, that sounds neat. Yeah. I- no, I was going to say, I have uh, of the original Corgi, I got the Army car. I have about oh. maybe seven or eight of them. Um, I have, a, yeah, a couple. In, and I also have uh, six original matchboxes where they came in the little matchbox that was the yes. matchboxes. Mm-hmm. I got six or seven of those original, too. Wow. I, I never I was never really into cars, so I just got them now as an older person. Uh, it was given to me by a very old guy in his 70s. And um, I got them there, and I had some lead soldiers, like maybe six or seven of them, also too, That's maybe a little more. But they're pretty yeah, cool. I'm thinking about doing a video of all my corgis, like a, a creative video to show all my car collection. Yeah, I'm sure that would be. You should do that. That would That'd be phenomenal, be. man. Being grateful, house fun. I might give it to you to show Eddie because you'd probably enjoy putting that on your site. Well, I'm I'm telling you what you know. To be honest with you, not only that, but especially with your knowledge of Universal monsters, just like when you guys were talking about trapdoors and everything, you guys got to remember every monster film, every every anything that dealt with horror in the past, there was always a trapdoor, especially with Abbott and Costello, Me Frankenstein. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. got the bookcases that hold that ghost. I guess because of the turn of the era and the prohibition. Uh, most houses had those type of uh, mm-hmm. hidden doorways and stuff. And I think it's always been fun for a lot of people. And who hasn't dreamed of having a home with a with an attic that you only you can get to? Or, oh, you know? yeah. oh, yeah. So having said that, yeah, you're right, Mike. It's definitely something that, you know, that, that would be uh, very intriguing, especially like all those corgis and everything that's really being made, that they're making again would definitely be nice if you could make a video. Uh, I think it would attract a lot of people. I'm going to try and do that over the next couple of months when I have a little downtime. It would be fun to do, but I want to really do it right so it's interesting, you know? Well, you got to remember, just sit on your table. Don't give too much thought. Sit on your table and, and just take a... You can get one of those extenders for your phone that it's kind of like looks like a vine or a snake where you put your phone over it and then you're actually looking from your phone to your table and then you just say, look, and then you take out the box. And it's not more about showing your face and stuff. It's about you showing your collection. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to do that. That would be fun. Yeah, definitely. That would be a great idea. 
Wow. Because mm-hmm. there's a lot, of there, a lot of them there that probably people don't remember how the breadth of corgi. Sadly, corgis are, uh, you know, are, were so expensive for the time because they were so intricate. Unlike matchbox, there's not as much of them out there as there were. No, corgi was not. Corgi was a German company, correct? Uh, British. British. Okay, that's right. They were British. You don't see too many of them. You're right. Uh, corgi, what people remember, anybody who remembers the original Batman, uh, not Batman, the uh, Batmobile, yeah. Corgi is the one that shot the little missiles out of the back. Yep, and I still have all those little missiles. Wow. <laughs> that's what people know Corgi. I mean, they'll, if you tell them that, they go, okay, yeah, yeah, I had that. Um, but also another big thing that's a uh, big collector was the original Lost in Space robot. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. That's very hard to come by. And when you do, wow. you pay five, six, seven hundred dollars for it. It's oh, yeah. Well, I find that amazing, Michael, that you saved a lot of your toys from your childhood, huh? Yeah, wow. yeah I've got them. And I've got the Green Hornet, Black Oh, my goodness. Program, and it's still, I still have the little, the little wow. sound. I got out of the, you know, that was something you don't think about. The first drone was really in the Green Hornet because yeah. he had that thing in the trunk. It was a That's little right. spike and it shot out of the back and then it would fly above the ground and he could see it on his screen what was, was, was you know, in the area. That's so it was true. like the first drone ever on That's Green true. Hornet. Oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah, yet. I saved uh, one, one toy, Michael, and I still have it to this day. It's in a protective case. It's, I saved the uh, Fright Factory, the thing made. Oh, oh, oh and nice. That, yeah, that was that was my favorite toy as a young child growing up in the late sixties. And I'll tell you what, I still have it. You know, it's in it's in pretty good condition. You know what I mean? It has all the molds. I even have the directions in there. I have the uh, uh, the uh, the part that heats up. I mean, it's that was so much fun. Oh man! Oh, and it was again. It was a creative toy where you could ex- you know you different colors. You could put colors together. You could do whatever you wanted with it and create your own creation. And that's what we're missing today. Like yeah. we're talking about, you know, and you, that's what made you so able to do magic. Yeah. You do and create what you do now. Yeah, that is true. Doing, you know, doing those as a child opened that portal for your mom. Open that, open that portal. Sherry played with a lot of dolls, but you didn't save any, did you? No. I wish you, I, I wish you did. <laughs> oh. I love dolls. I love dolls, Sherry. I, I, you know, I have uh, Captain Action. I have a lot of those and the costuming. And I have the $6 million man doll. And I have a lot of those. I have a Jamie Summers doll, you know, Bionic Woman. I love dolls. I have Barbies too because I like to play with them with my action heroes, you know, because they had to save somebody, right? So that's true. (laughs) One thing you guys got to remember too is, especially when you send out the six million dollar man, I used to like the six million dollar man because you could look through the eye. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. He was. He was so cool. You know what? We used to come home on a Friday night, my best friend and I, and either I'd sleep over his house or he'd sleep over my house. And uh, man, we couldn't wait. Six million dollar man. And then. And then Carl Kolchak, the, uh, the Night Stalker, was on uh, either either prior to that or just it was a good Friday night lineup. Yeah. Really neat. Did yes. they collected the um, Bullet Man, the Human Bullet? Remember him? He had a and you had a string and, and you would put him on the string and he would uh, shoot down. You know, you put him like in your doorknob and he go down. It was like an, a life size action figure. Not life size. I'm talking about twelve inches, whatever it was. And it was called Bullet Man, the Human Bullet. It came in these. You know, I remember mm-hmm. that about the string. That takes me to Matt Mason and all the cool toys like that. And uh-huh. 
you can make him go on a rope like that and, you know, zip line and all those things. I forgot about Matt Mason. So you were just talking about that. I still have a couple of those too. Wow. Did you have, you know, there was one with the GI Joes that was, this was, it was called the intruder, the enemy of GI Joe. It was like a muscle bound guy. He had like a, a beer, like a, the GI Joe, you know, but you would push his uh, back and both his hands, like, you know, he, he go forward, like not forward, but he like punch. And it was called The Intruder, The Enemy of G.I. Joe. I wanted that so bad when I was... Me too, yeah. I my mom did. didn't get it for me, man. And I wound up paying almost 80 bucks for one yeah. <laughs> when I grew up because I needed to get that. That It was so cool. But I was shocked, though, how cheaply done it was. I know. The plastic was not like the regular G.I. Joe's that was hard. This was like a not even a soft plastic. It was more like... A, uh, those little plastic guns, that type of plastic molded mm -hmm. together, yeah. hollow inside. And I was very shocked because I thought it was better quality. And when I got it, I was like, okay, this is the intruder. That's nice. I, I mean, being that it came from <laughs> the 70s, I thought it would have been better. But, you know, one thing I want to tell, and, and, and I keep saying, any product you remember, any toy like that, especially, like I said, the bullet man, the human bullet and stuff, we took it for granted, especially if you guys remember the Spider-Man web shooter they used to announce in 1972 or 73. Oh, yeah. I remember the kid would put it in his hands. and he That was cool. And it had oh, a yeah. suction cup with a bullet. <laughs> and, and the bullet would grab a little truck and the kid would pull the truck back. Yeah. I used to love that, man. I wanted that so bad and I did get it. <laughs> it was $3.95. You know, wow. it's funny how we have such a need to get these things. I, you know, when it's with our youth, we want to recapture it by getting these things. I was just talking to someone about that. And it's so true, you know, and there's special toys then that they just don't make the same thing. Now, a lot of them made out of metal, for instance, uh, I had a, you remember the little um, belt that was like a Wild Wild West belt that had a, a derringer in it. And you could push a button and it would flip forward and then you could take it out and shoot it with caps. Yeah. That was a cool toy. And I still have one of those. And I, I just, that was like the neatest thing. Cause it's like secret agent, but James Bond, but like wild, wild west, you know, I have, I have my Spider-Man web shooter to this day, but the funny thing about it is that later on, you know, as time in the eighties and nineties, they made the, you know, the, the water ones that you put water and then they shoot that, that foam. Remember oh, that? Yeah, yeah, right. but the, the oh yeah. Yeah. The funny thing though, is that for some reason it still intrigued me. It's still, I still didn't realize in my mind or whatever, the fact that it, it was a big giant thing. You had to put it on like a wristwatch and then you had a bullet. You had to push into it. Mm -hmm. which, you know, those old peg, like pencil bullets you were pushing with the rubber tips. And that to me was okay. Like that was okay for it to look like that. Even though mm -hmm. <laughs> Spider-Man had a button he pressed and the web <laughs> would come out, you know? But it was barbaric looking. But you know, guys, there's a water glove that was made in the 70s, in 1976, and appeared in some comic books. It's so rare today oh. that one or two have been in existence. And it was called the Spider Man water glove. Do you remember those? No, I don't remember. No, that. me neither. Me neither. Okay. It was a vinyl glove. You would order it on comic books. If you look at any 1970s or early 80s, actually. It would say the Spider-Man water glove. If you even Google it, you will see the ad for it. And it's so rare that I think if you have one today, you probably do over $1,000. Jeez. And, and wow. all it really was is you would inject. It was a glove made of rubber, very cheap rubber, not, not more like vinyl, but it had a bulb in it. And you filled it with water. And then when you push it, it would squirt water 
out of the wrist. Hmm. They were very cheaply done. I think only, like I said, I think I've seen one in my lifetime. I, I don't know. I don't remember exactly. I think I've, I've half, but very rare item. Wow. First one of those is worth a lot of money. Speaking of rare, I was watching some of your videos on the story thing on Facebook, and I saw your, what is it, Gemini spacecraft you have? Gemini spacecraft? Who, me? Yeah, it's like a spacecraft that was like, you got, it was one of the mail-in ones that's out of cardboard or whatever. It's like a submarine, but a spaceship. That's the, are you talking about the um, the Polaris nuclear submarine from yes. comic books? I was talking about that, but there was a spaceship, like a Gemini or, or a, I can't remember, a space capsule that you had that was flat. It was something I saw in there and it was. Oh, yes, to... yes. No, no. You know what that is? Uh, Mike, you might remember that more than actually we would. That appeared in a couple of books. In during the Mercury Seven Gemini, you're right. Mercury Seven space. Uh, it's supposed to be the one where uh, Glenn, John Glenn, was in. Yeah, it was I was cool. able to come across that toy years ago. Oh, wow. not years ago, about a year or two years ago, and it's in mint condition. It's original box. It yeah. Was... Good. You were gonna say? Tell me about it. Tell me a little more. No, about no, no. It. The, the the story is that it appeared. There's only like one picture. If you Google on the internet. There's only one picture of it where you see the kid inside. And I know that it appeared in a very, very early. I don't even think it appeared in comic books. I think it was sold through either popular mechanics or popular science. Yes. But it came with the same thing as the Polaris nuclear sub mm-hmm. and stuff. Now, that Gemini 7 uh, spacecraft I got is in perfect condition. I know it looks fantastic. It, I was so blown away when I saw your video. Yeah, I, I was actually, <laughs> I had considered putting that up in auction or, or remaking it because it's not that hard to remake. But the fact that it's Gemini 7, not too many people remember it. Uh, the Apollo was more popular, of course, you know. I mean, anybody who's over 50 will remember Gemini, but oh, of yeah. course, younger people say, what's that, you know? <laughs> that goes back quite a while, Zeddy. What year approximately? Is I, I think that's like 1950-something. Uh, wow. I, mean, I have to check the exact year, yeah. but... You know, so that's the, that's the Gemini, not the Mercury, then. That's the two-man, two-man. Uh, no, I'm capital. sorry, not Gemini. It's, I think it's Mercury, Mercury 7. I don't know what. That's what I thought. I thought that's yeah, what it Yeah, no, you said Gemini, and I, it came into my mind, Gemini. No, Mercury 7 is the Mercury 7 capsule, yeah. I, you can actually, I think I have some pictures on the uh, Facebook or or Instagram. Yeah, it was, uh, on, it was on the story thing on Facebook where they show a little video of it, you know? Yeah. I'm going to get out and send you a picture of it so you could see it more. I have to look for it real quick. It was amazing there. looking. I thought, oh, my gosh, where did he find this? You know? Oh, that, that, that let me tell you, that, that was one of the dealers in Chilla Theater uh, was able to get that for me. And he figured, hey, you want this? And I go, of course I want it. <laughs> he gave me a phenomenal price on it, and I took it. But I got to tell you something. That is, th- those are things that are really valuable that when you find them, they're rare and and they do uh, attract a lot of attention but you know just like the polaris sub it's it's one of those things that how many are there in existence especially in a condition like new you know very hard because people build them and see a lot of times people don't realize when you build the polaris sub it used rivets and when you connected those rivets you couldn't take it apart if you took it apart you had to break it because it was kind of like when i'm saying rivets it would be like a little plastic peg Mm. that would would squeeze into uh, another thing. But once the thing went on it, uh, the little thing, the, the, the other side of the peg, you couldn't take it apart. It would snap into oh. place and that was it. 
and and, and that's why you can't really build that and take it apart. In fact, yeah. I built, you know you what? Know, we actually, my brother and I and my cousin Kenny, we all pitched in. We were real young, uh-uh. and uh, you know, it didn't last very long. I mean, it's so <laughs> it was so cheap when you put it together. You know what? You get in and out of it. You horse around with it a little bit. You know what? You know it. It would tilt to one side. It would. It would yeah. yeah. I mean, it was, yeah. it was ruined. It was ruined within like three days. You know. Yeah, yeah. because it was the. In fact, here's the thing. Originally, I, I think you know, coming to think of it, when you think about it, the Gemini, uh, not the Gemini, the Mercury Seven capsule, I don't think was made by Honor House. I need to look at it now. Like, I mean, definitely, yeah. I, I know, I know it wasn't made by them, but you know. When Honor House started making the rocket ship, which was in the early 50s, mm. and it, in fact, it even featured a two-page uh, article on popular mechanics, which I have the original article somewhere. And then they made the Polaris sub in the tank, the Sherman tank. Mm-hmm. And they did so well with the sub that they, in the 1980s, like late 80s, introduced, not late 80s, I'm sorry, early 80s, introduced the space shuttle. It was oh, a seven-foot wow. space shuttle you built. I went ahead and bought three of them, right? Wow. Mm-hmm. I built one of them, and the thing was huge, and it did the same thing with the rivets. Mm-hmm. Little did I know that today they would be impossible to get one. I wish I'd still had them, but in the fire, I lost two originals in the box, okay? Mm. And the one that was built, I threw it out in the garbage because I couldn't mm. take it apart. Right. So, uh, you know, whatever the reason, but it was huge. The wingspan was just too big, right? They they made the wingspan extremely wide, so the play area for the kid would be small. And I had right, it in, right. in my house and whatever. But there were, you know, it's kind of funny, Mike, because I've mentioned it in the last episode of this. There's a toy that I've been looking for, and I had it till 1995 when it caught fire. So it's not like I was imagining. As a kid, I played with it all the time. I could have sworn it was called Skittle Shootout. And I remember that when they played it on, on the TV, Maxwell Smart would walk in and he would, uh, it would, the way it, it is, is like kind of like Skittle bowling. You remember the Skittle games from the, yeah, oh, I remember, yeah. I remember exactly what you're saying. I remember the thing. Is it like, um, does it have like tops or something that you spin? No, 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 no. Or... That, that's what, that was battling tops. The one I'm talking about, just like the battling tops arcade, I mean, uh, game board where it was uh, square and e- in each corner it would have a pendulum but it had a, a target oh yeah like I know. It, yeah i know yeah and the target would go across the metal and then when you hit with the pendulum if it flipped to the other side that person would score and it vice versa that game with the target that particular game has not shown up on google search it showed up in a google search about i think 2005 2010 and it was a small, no bigger than a postage stamp when I printed but it you're out. Right. But you're right. Don Adams was in that commercial. I remember oh, it. it. It was, but it. the problem is the name of the game was not Skittle Shootout. Mm-hmm. It was something different. And I saw it. I printed out the page. I can't find it, but I can't find reference to that game anywhere. Because I've been looking for it. And it said, how did it disappear? Was <laughs> I played with it. Like I said, you would hit. The target looked just like the store target. It looked just like that, but of course it was shaped like a clam. Yeah. When it moved across the center, you would hit the ball on the pendulum. The ball would go across to the other side. The other guy would try to hit, you know, his. And the idea was to flip the target on each way as it kept going around and around like in a, a conveyor belt. I'm going to remember that and look for it for you. Listen, I've tried. I've had a couple of people. 
My brother-in-law goes, yeah, I had it. I said, but it's, I just can't find it. Well, and, I go into a lot of unusual places on the road. Antique stores. Yeah, check it out. Come, you might have some luck. Yeah. You know, if you come across that, please call me right away. Yeah. I, I mean, I was able to acquire, tell you what, in the fire, I lost my witch, witch. I lost my haunted mansion. Oh, I boy. Lost my uh, gunfighter, okay, corral. I lost most of my games, right? So I was able to get gunfighter, okay, corral at a decent price with a decent look, you know, and it works. I have, um, my brother surprised me last week. When he sent me an, a, a haunted mansion from Lakeside, almost in mint condition. Jeez. Like, how the heck? Because I know the last one I was trying to get went for 376000 I'm like, I'm not going to pay that much. And, and then anyway, so I wound up getting a two witch, which um, I'm getting the two of them and combining to make a perfect one. Awesome. They both have the pieces. And I also was able to get t- Tank Command. Now, Tank Command is the long game. There's a rectangular game. And it has four tanks in each side. And you would have like a little cord you pull. And it's supposed to be like four mines in each corner. So when you threw the dice and you move somebody, if you got over the other person's mind, they pull the string and your tank jump off the thing. I got that really enough for $25 for free shipping in perfect condition. Jeez. There was also games like Subsearch. But Mike, that particular game, Skittle Shootout, whatever it was with the target, I'll keep I it. wish I could see a picture well, of it. But we'll keep an eye. Hey, how are we doing on time, Eddie? I don't know what... Uh, uh, we're okay. We have a couple of minutes. I was going to say, I want to hear much from Sharon here, and I'm interested, you know, for me, when she was little, what's her favorite toy that she loved? Yeah, tell us, Sherry. <laughs> You're too funny. We have um, so much energy. Tell us, Sherry, because you don't hear the female. <laughs> we don't hear the female energy. I know. I wish I would have kept it. Um, there was this huge boat that my mom and dad bought me for Christmas and it was like it was like huge um I don't even know how to describe it like did it have did it have different cards for the stage where you could put yes I remember that that yeah like the Wizard of Oz or different plays on and you had these little figures it was so neat I really I don't know what happened to it I I've seen an ad of Showboat, that thing you're talking about. So I saw an ad in an old catalog. I think I know what it looks like. If I ever find one, I'm going to get that one for you, sure. Oh, you're just the best. <laughs> that would be awesome. No, because that's neat. Was It was kind of, was it was it pink and white or what was it? I can't remember. I think it was. I, I remember. I think there was, it was pink. That sounds that was a, That's another one of those amazing toys, Sherry, where you used your imagination to create, you know, stories and have them do the shows. Oh, yeah. And it was big, right? Yeah, it was. It was fairly big. How big guys we we actually have I was gonna say we actually have two minutes left. Okay. We're gonna go down the board here because we're actually running it. Thanks, Chuck, for bringing me up to date in that because usually Joe keeps track. I know. Um, (laughs) uh, you know, Mike, I'm actually gonna be reaching out to you concerning that because since you say you travel all around and, and who knows, mostly for some reason Californians bought all the stuff from the east coast yeah when i was in mail order i would only get most of my orders from california for some reason um but anyway guys i was gonna say thank you it's been a wonderful thing any last words you want to say uh go ahead cherry no it's been a great time and thank you for having me yeah chuck goes here thanks guys i appreciate it mike next time i want to hear more from sherry about some of like, because I, I really don't. See that. I'd love to hear that perspective, because we know what we like, guys. But I'd like to hear what she likes. 
That's right. It'll be Sherry State. Well, take care, guys. God bless. Have a God bless. Day. Okay, Bye-bye take now. care. Bye-bye.